Welcome to Appearance Matters, the unique podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England, investigating the psychological and social impact of appearance concerns. I'm Nicola. And I'm Nadia. And this is episode 7. Thank you to everyone who has listened to, rated and shared our podcast so far. We've been listed on both the new and noteworthy and what's hot categories on iTunes. Yes, so now we're under pressure to keep it up. (laughs) Luckily, we've got some real stars lined up for you today as we introduce the incredible work of the UK-based charity, The Healing Foundation. The Healing Foundation is a national charity championing the cause of people living with disfigurement and visible loss of function by funding and managing research into pioneering surgical and psychological healing techniques. To help us to understand more about this remarkable cause, we've extracted audio clips from the Healing Foundation's own video, featuring parents and patients affected by a disfiguring condition, as well as clinicians, researchers and members of the Healing Foundation Board of Trustees. I also asked Healing Foundation Chief Executive, Mr Brendan Ely, to outline why the Healing Foundation was established and what the charity aims to achieve. Terry, when she was just under two years old, she was involved in a serious house fire. She received 90% burns. If you told me beforehand what is a burn, I say, oh, something that you just heal up in a few weeks and you carry on as normal. But you don't. Scars are quite a big burden to have. You carry them around with you, you're literally carrying your injury on your skin. The first question parents often say is, will this burn scar, doctor? Will my child be scarred for life? If a burn results in a scar, that patient will still have effects for the rest of their life. In the UK, 35,000 children a year end up in hospital with a burn. 5,000 children a year are hospitalised from those burns. It's an incredibly big issue, and those children are often scarred for the rest of their life. Since I've started work as a clinician, I was amazed that we didn't know how to treat these children. It's a forgotten area of research. It takes teamwork, infrastructure, staff, all of which we get from the Healing Foundation. The Healing Foundation's mission is to improve the lives of people living with disfigurements by funding pioneering medical research relevant to a whole range of disfiguring conditions, cleft lip and palate in children, major burns, injuries caused by accident, diseases like cancer and breast reconstruction. The common theme amongst all those is that scarring and wound healing is the issue. It's such a common thing, and I'm amazed that there hasn't been research done into it before. It's wonderful there's finally a foundation that's doing that. Well, thank you, Brennan, for speaking with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. The Healing Foundation is a medical research charity established in 1999. We were founded in our very early days out of the aspirations of a plastic surgeon much involved in the King's Crossfire back in the 1980s. And it was born out of that understanding he had of seeing survivors of a major burns incident who had a lifetime ahead of them of physical, functional and psychological challenge. And yet there was no champion to address those issues through good quality research. The ubiquity of scars, hard-to-heal wounds and disfiguring conditions affect millions of people. And it's not just the numbers and it's not just the economic cost, but it's the impact on their lives. And I think anyone that comes into contact with this cause, whether it's through cleft, through burns, traumatic injury, or even at the aesthetic level, immediately grabs what the potential is for having real impact on the lives of people affected. 
Carl has enjoyed a fantastic relationship with the Healing Foundation over the years. Nicola spoke to Brendan, along with Professors Jonathan Zandi and Alan Emond, about two of the projects which the Healing Foundation has invested in significantly in recent years, the Burns Collective and the Cleft Collective. Alan and Jonathan are the principal investigators of the Burns Collective and the Cleft Collective, respectively. Burns research was perhaps one of the first areas we recognised needed attention. The Burns Collective is two major centres attending to Burns research issues. We have our paediatric focus in Bristol, Bath and Cardiff. Lots of exciting work in both the prevention of burns, in the epidemiology of burns, in the psychological aspects, but also in Bristol the clinical aspects of better treatment for children affected, both in terms of major accidents but also those smaller scolds. At the University of Birmingham, in partnership with the Royal Centre for Defence Medicine and the University and the Children's Hospital, we have a focus of research into the more scientific aspects of how the body responds to major burns. The Burns Collective was set up in 2011. The Healing Foundation had identified that burns was a, a clinical area where the evidence base was weak and where there was some fundamental research questions to be answered. The Children's Burns Research Centre long-term objective is to uh, establish itself as an international centre of excellence in research and education around children's burns. From the beginning, we've set up a very broad range of activities. We've concentrated on the common burn injury, which is the small scald or contact burn to the under fives. That's where the burden of injury is and where the, the biggest volume of activity in the NHS is. I'm very proud that our research is going to lead to a lot of translational benefit for families and for clinicians. About eight years ago, we reviewed our research strategy and asked the clinicians, the patient groups, the experts and other charities what the priorities were. And cleft came out again as one of those Cinderella subjects that although so many millions of people are affected by cleft in the world every year, nobody really understood an awful lot about what caused it or what the best treatments were. So we resolved to do something about that. And that was where the cleft collective was born. We have invested in clinical research activity, but the spearhead of this work is at the University of Bristol and our gene bank and cohort study. The aims of the project were to answer three questions, which all mums will ask when they have a baby born with a cleft. What has caused this? What's going to happen to my baby in life? And what are the best treatments? This is a tough project to get going. The setup with all the permissions and ethics took over a year and the, the process has been staggered, but it's now very much away. We have collected over a thousand families into the study and more than 3,000 individuals are now in the cohort. It will need to be about 9,000 people and that, that's our target, that's our ambition. The important thing to remember is that this is a cohort study, so you will follow these children and their families through for a number of years, and that is really the unique part of this project. You're going to have long-term information around a number of issues. So the development of this fantastic resource, which will be available to researchers from around the world, will include things such as speech development, the genetics of the families, the psychology, things around teeth, the lifestyle, what happens to these children in education, and what are the medical issues that some of these children may face directly or indirectly as a result of having a cleft. 
So this fantastic resource will, we hope, answer questions to improve the lives of these children. Great initiative, really ambitious project and fantastic support from the Healing Foundation who engaged with us and then set about collecting the money together in order to set this whole project up. Now looking towards the future, the Healing Foundation is about to take an exciting new direction. Nicola asked Brendan, as well as influential clinical psychologist and researcher, Professor Alex Clark, about the charity's new strategy due to launch later this year. We knew about three years ago that we were going to reach a position very soon where all of our research plans were almost in place. Um, and we wanted to know what the next chapter for the foundation, if any, there was to be. So again, we went out to stakeholders, people active in this space, and asked them what the big questions were for the next generation of research in the area of disfigurement, surgical research and aesthetics. And the resounding consensus was that the most important thing we could contribute was a better understanding of how scars develop and how they could be healed better, and a better understanding of the emotional, psychological scars, if you like, that can result from conditions that affect appearance. We have accumulated that. We are about to publish a new research strategy that will detail a major programme of work based in the UK but internationally relevant that will drive the research both in the scientific area, the biosciences of pathway biology, human genomics, comparative biology, etc., but also addresses clinical research needs and the psychological aspects. Supporting that research strategy, we're going to change the name of the charity to demonstrate that our commitment to this is absolute. And from July, we will be operating as the Scar Free Foundation. We will be focusing all of our attention, scientific research, fundraising and communications on the achievement of Scar Free Healing within a generation. Psychology is a major research stream. It is very important in terms of rehabilitation, achieving key outcomes in terms of well-being. Psychology also sits right across the specialist area. So if you think about the specialist groups and what they're going to be doing under this new programme, they're going to be looking at a good, strong prevention platform, both of the factors that lead to the condition in the first place and also factors that lead to complications such as infection. We're going to be thinking about standardisation of care so that across the country we are offering the same kind of diagnosis, treatment, intervention and rehabilitation including psychological intervention across the piece and we need to be measuring outcomes we need to agree on how we're going to measure those outcomes including how we measure scars and psychology sits right across that so I hope psychology will both have its own strong strands and work across the work that other people are doing in the specialist groups when people talk to you about psychology, there's an understanding that, for example, complex or delayed wound healing with severe scarring may impact on psychology and well-being. But it's also the case that actually psychological factors may impact on wound healing in the first place, even through things as simple as following instructions for medication use or wearing pressure garments or so on and so forth. So that bi-directional thing is where psychology can perhaps play a bigger part. I think constantly rehearsing the relationship between objective appearance and psychological well-being is important. We've still got this prevailing belief 
that if your appearance is objectively remarkable to me, then I assume that you are experiencing poor psychological well-being. And we know that's nonsense. We know that actually if somebody has a disfiguring condition that is evident to other people, there are certain challenges they will face, particularly in social situations. But we also know that they can learn and manage them very effectively, and many people do. And that many people who live with a disfiguring condition are actually absolutely fine. So it's rehearsing that and reminding people that that's still the case. We have to be careful when you hear basic scientists talk. They talk about data, they talk about data sets. These are people. These are people and families who are managing complex conditions. Finally, we've included a strand of work which is to do with the culture of research in the clinical setting. We have good behavioural models which will help us to maximise the number of people who are participating in research to make sure that our big data sets are as complete as they can be, that our findings therefore are as robust as they can be and that the populations of patients who we're really working for become much more people we're working with and that it is a joint partnership towards really creating this scar-free world. Scarless healing is something that we've aspired to for such a long time. Model organisms that heal without forming a scar, human embryos heal without forming a scar. So we know it's possible. We do have a mechanism in our bodies which allows scarless healing. If you go and talk to the people who are at the front line doing the research, whether they're at Birmingham, whether they're at Bristol, whether they're at Manchester, these are people who tell you this can be done. Our goal is to raise a new appeal over the next five years to fund and launch the search for scar-free healing so that within a generation, people can heal wounds without scars. The UK has world-leading universities, DNHS, and some of the best clinical research in Europe. We are a leader in tissue regeneration research, and we have the Human Genome Mapping Project. The combination of those means that we're in an incredibly strong position to begin this search for scarless healing. Scar-free healing is the next big thing in medical research. People affected by traumatic injury, major burns, children born with congenital conditions that require surgery. For them to face a future without scars is something that we aspire to in the Healing Foundation. If somebody went up to me then and said, we can treat Terry with no scar whatsoever, that would make her life so much easier. We know it's possible, we just need some sustained funding and effort to make this real. Within a generation we will have achieved scar-free healing. We will look back and marvel that people had to live with the scars that they do today. If anybody's going to make things happen, the Healing Foundation will do so. A huge thank you to all of our guests, Mr Brendan Ely, Professor Jonathan Sandy, Professor Alan Imond and Professor Alex Clark for their time and contributions to this podcast. Big thanks also go to the Healing Foundation and our other conference sponsors, the University of the West of England and the Dove Self-Esteem Project, as well as to David Inzakal for our theme music. Don't forget you can still register for our upcoming conference, Appearance Matters 7, by visiting the link in our bio. You can also take a sneak peek at our provisional programme, which is now available. Final thanks go to all our listeners who have helped us stay in the top 100 podcasts in the iTunes Higher Education category. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by rating us and leaving us a review on iTunes.